If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome, everybody, to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I'm BJ. And this week, we are continuing our discussion of Final Fantasy versus Dragon Quest by moving into Final Fantasy II and Dragon Quest II. Now, before we get started with that, I do want to mention that we may have to cut this episode a little short. So this may be like part one. Who knows? <laughs> part one of part two. Yeah, we'll find out if this is going to be a two-part episode or not. Uh, it'll be a mystery because we don't know ourselves. Ooh, we don't. Yeah, we don't. Such is life. Oh, uh, deep. Yeah, thanks. Um, again, for those of you who listened to last week's episode, I have only played Final Fantasy II as it has appeared at, uh, as a part of Final Fantasy Origins on PS1. Right. And I... I played it on Origins on PS1 and whatever uh, Dawn of something or other, uh, whatever it was called on GBA, uh, where it was packaged with uh, Final Fantasy 1 again. Um, and I never finished it both times because I hated it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I thought but, so. Like, going straight in, like I don't remember much about this game as a game because I know I bounced off of it pretty hard every time I've ever tried it. Because it kind of sucks. Yeah. I, so, yeah. <laughs> I liked it fine. I mean, it's probably, it's probably my least favorite Final Fantasy game. Mm, three is what made me stop playing RPGs for a long time, though. Man, I, I really like Final the, Fantasy three yeah. so much on the DS. Yeah. But I was like, man, I just don't want to play video games anymore. And it literally made me uh, put down my, my regular DS and uh, I started doing other stuff uh, instead of playing video games because I hated it so much. Like two and three are not in my uh, my top. Like they're they're bare bottom Bottoms. of the Final Fantasy uh Final Fantasy tier for me. Like they are under the worst rank, I guess, if I were to rank them. I thought that Final Fantasy three, like I'd said back when we did our like big long Final Fantasy versus Dragon Quest episode, like yeah. I'd said then that I didn't like three either, because I'd played three when it was new and kind of had a similar reaction to you. I mean, it didn't make me like not play video games or anything. I was just like, eh, this isn't very good. Like I had gotten a DS just so I could play Final Fantasy three. And then it wasn't very good. And so I ended up selling my DS to Mm. my friend's girlfriend at the time. um, (laughs) Yeah. She wanted to play uh, Nintendogs. Yeah. She wanted to play Nintendogs. And so I was like, Hey, I've got a DS you can buy. And I sold it to her for the exact amount that I had bought it from another friend used. So I made my money back on that at least. At least, yeah. And I was so excited for Final Fantasy 3. I was excited for this 3D remaster of a game that we hadn't had in the United States before. It was really exciting because it was the very first time that it was an official English translation. And then I hated it. And uh, it just, man, just makes me so sad. 
And yeah. I mean, it was probably not just that game. Like, I don't remember my overall mindset when I was playing it, but I know that it was kind of one of those things where it was the last straw. I was just like, I'm bored with this. I got to get a new hobby. And I was like, this is just too much work. And that's yeah. the way uh, Final Fantasy three felt to me like work. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I could, I could see that. Yeah. Um, so I did ask on Twitter, I did it from my own personal account because I thought it'd be weird doing it from DQFM and being like, Hey, what's your favorite Final Fantasy game? Right. <laughs> um, so I started, I started there asking it, uh, people on there about Final Fantasy, but also did a follow up with Dragon Quest. Right. And, and got back a lot of responses. So shout out to anybody listening who also responded there. But I thought it was interesting because probably no surprise here. Out of the first three Dragon Quest games, most people overwhelmingly said DQ3 was their favorite. Right. right. And then you had a few people saying DQ1. And then probably unsurprising, uh, the minority said DQ2 because DQ2 gets a lot of hate. I like DQ2. We'll talk about that in a sec. But um, DQ2 didn't get much love. And I thought it was interesting because kind of the same thing played out with Final Fantasy, just kind of in reverse. Most people said the first Final Fantasy game, and then you had some people say Final Fantasy 3, and then there was a minority saying Final Fantasy 2. But I thought it was kind of interesting because I feel like the responses we got for both Final Fantasy 2 and Dragon Quest 2 we're right. kind of like almost defensive where it's like, yeah, I know everybody hates this one, but I like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that happens whenever it's, it, it feels like there's this guilty pleasure to stuff like that. Like I know that people tend to hate it, but like, it's really fun to me, that kind of thing. And uh, I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I know, I know that kind of defensiveness that, that you're talking about. Yeah. And so I don't know, it's almost like both of these series went through, cause we talked about last week about how they had a lot of, stuff in common like from a developmental standpoint and uh it's interesting because it's almost like both of these games kind of had a sophomore slump even Mm. though even though dragon quest 2 and final fantasy 2 both added things into their series that like will remain with them like forever like both of them did some innovative things and added some new stuff i mean first and foremost final fantasy 2 and dragon quest 2 both are like really big like they're yes, much they bigger, are much the larger than the first one. Dragon Quest Two, interestingly, was kind of like a sequel, whereas Final Fantasy just right from the get go there with two was like, and eh, we're gonna slap a two on it, but it's not gonna be related at all. And yeah, there are some things that remain the same, but it is in no way a sequel or a follow up. It's just a successor. You got your crystals. <laughs> That's true. You got you got your crystals. You got your mages and a fighter, and now you got to buy magic hate by imagine but they do have names now like final fantasy went ahead yeah. and started giving their characters names you had like Firion um is the main character uh you had maria i think is the woman in that one and then maybe so yeah i don't remember a whole lot like i said but i remember them having names and i think maria sounds familiar she's a character in final fantasy Gus is the one I remember. At least his name is Gus on the version I played uh, because he's kind of like the gentle giant. Like he talks with animals and Mm -hmm. he's like a big guy. I remember him. Uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. It is Leon. I looked it up. This is Leon is the other character's name. So you got your four characters there. Leon is is Maria's brother. You have the siblings and then you have like the, the Furion who's like the adopted brother, which also kind of you see that early on. Like we talked about this 
in a past episode about the kind of JRPG cliche about like being in love with like your adopted mm-hmm. sister. Like that's a recurring thing in a lot of <laughs> JRPGs. And so I guess that kind of uh, maybe Final Fantasy two was the first JRPG to do that. <laughs> maybe so. I I can't think of another one that would have. Um, I know DQ two didn't do it. So and DQ2 they were did not they were contemporaries ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, you have that kind of like more party mechanics and even in DQ two where they don't have names, it's like you see more party interactions and they feel more like real characters and things like that. than you just had, you know, the one kind of generic hero that appeared in DQ one or just the generic warriors of light that appear in, in final fantasy one. You know, one thing I didn't that we didn't talk about last week with Final Fantasy 1 is that the heroes in their current iteration, the current armor and everything uh, that they make the Warrior of Light and the Dragon Quest hero uh, look really similar now. Like when you get like the Warrior of Light uh, outfit in Final Fantasy 14, like it's the one with the horns on the uh, with the big side of the head. And it looks really, really similar to the DQ hero stuff that they've started doing more uh more recently and i didn't i never realized that until just right now when i was looking at it's like those look pretty similar actually yeah yeah the hero of light and uh, the dq hero yeah they are very very similar uh ff2 though breaks that trend i mean there's no characters with like goggles and the cool pilot's hat that you hate uh (laughs) you say cool pilot's hat do you i believe the word you're looking for is dumb pilot's hat i like it Actually, it's not as bad in the art. I mean, I, I still think it looks stupid, but it's more the sprites that they used, especially for the original DQ2 that I really don't like. Like, I don't like the character design uh, very much, but I really don't like the way that they appear in the game either. Like, that's the main thing. In the art, I can totally see why people would like it. I just don't. FF2 also had one thing that I didn't really like, but some people mentioned, like, this was why they like FF2, was the... Uh, memorizing words that FF2 had Mm -hmm. where you like you went through and you could like you could remember specific words and then later on there was like I think it was the ask command it was like ask that you could do where you're like asking about different it it was like different quests and uh, you had to have collected the keyword to be able to progress in the quest yeah yeah you remember that it it, yeah I remember that that's part of the whole I hate this thing (laughs) Uh, it, it and it's weird because that kind of thing actually uh, continued on in RPGs that that was a, a the keyword stuff was part of EverQuest that mm-hmm. if anybody plays this, remember, I don't know if you ever played EverQuest like in the early, like late 90s, early 2000s, but there were like epic weapon quests that you could go on. And a lot of them were from dialogue with NPCs where you had to reply asking about a particular keyword in their dialogue. And it was fairly annoying to do because they weren't highlighted or anything. You just had to know how to ask the question to them. Uh, but it was based on a keyword in there. At least in mm-hmm. Final Fantasy II, they highlighted it for you. And at least, you know, <laughs> looking back 20 years, uh, like 22 years in the past, I'm remembering them not being highlighted, but they could have been because, you know, it's been two decades, which makes me feel really terrible right now. Uh, <laughs> so that as I say that. Speaking of two decades, so... This is, we talked about last week and in other episodes about how I like strategy guides for the artwork and everything, right? Well, I do not have the strategy guide for Final Fantasy Origins. They made one, like Brady Games, you know, had like a real corner on the market for like Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest games back then. And I 
never got Final Fantasy Origins, but what we had instead was my brother and I, because I mean, Final Fantasy 1 and Final Fantasy 2 are pretty tough. I mean, it doesn't really tell you where to go or anything. So we had gone, back then it was like dial-up internet, you know, we had found like (laughs) like a website (laughs) that had like one of those like HTML, you know, guides where it's like. Yeah, well, like the ASCII guides, like it was, it was, it may have been GameFAQs. Like when it started, that's what it was, was collections of uh, ASCII text. Uh, that people wrote through. Man, I did so much of that because of dial-up internet. Like, read so many of those. Yeah, and so we had we had those two, and we had them in a little blue folder, like the you know the ones that you like buy for school. You know, oh, yeah. like the little thin ones with like the clips you bend back to put like mm-hmm. the notebook paper in. We had it in a navy blue folder, and I've held on to it all these years. And before oh my goodness, this morning, before we were recording, I was flipping through it and just kind of looking at different notes that Micah and I wrote in. And it was mostly Micah because my younger brother, Micah, for people listening who like don't know that, <laughs> um, <and laughs> we're like, who's Micah? It was mostly him because my first experience with both of these games were very underwhelming. Like I didn't really like mm. either one of them all that much. Like I just come off of beating, I think Final Fantasy X was like the newest one. I think I'd just come off of beating that one. And so it's like, you go from Final Fantasy X to Final Fantasy I, and it is different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and at least they're both real turn-based games. At least you didn't go from uh, like 10 and get thrown into like Final Fantasy VI's ATB, where you you just start getting beaten by Ultros because you don't know what's going on. That that is true. And so anyway, I got, I kind of, you know, I got turned off from these for a little while and didn't return to them until after, it was after FF12 had come out. Because I remember going back Mm. to these games after the fact and playing them on the PS2, you know, with the PS1 disc and all that. But anyway, so this blue folder, I was flipping through it. And one thing I thought was funny is Micah had a note pandemonium section, which is like at the end Mm -hmm. of of Final Fantasy 2. Very tough. Um, And anyway, there's like a part of a guide where it's talking about like going into a room and everything and and yeah. like it tells you you know what treasures are in there if you open chests and different things you know enemies and things like that but he just has the room underline and off to the side it just says too many behemoths <laughs> <laughs> that's that is a wonderful note to go back to like years later just to see like i love it like that makes me so happy that made my day yeah. Like I woke up this morning and had an article turned in from uh, one of our freelancers that made my day better then. And then that, like, it's a good day. <laughs> like things are working out. Like, too many behemoths. Final like, Fantasy 2, colon, too many behemoths. I wish we had a webcomic so that we could do that, but but we're not like talented enough yeah, to do that. Right. So you guys all have to just imagine the webcomic of like heroes walking in and it's just like a behemoth tea party. Like where they're all like there and she's like, nope, too many behemoths. And they just back up. Yeah. Like that's, that's what I would draw, but I can't. So I just tell you about it now. I I do feel like that both FF2 and DQ2, like the, they, their end games especially have like a crazy difficulty curve. And I mean, DQ2, I think is definitely the most like, I mean, it's a pretty steep incline there mm-hmm. <laughs> with yeah. difficulty. Uh, and so, and for people who are listening who who maybe don't know the story behind that, like I've read uh, interviews with like Yuji Hori and uh, Nakamura, Koichi Nakamura, right? Yeah. Koichi Nakamura. And uh, so. where they were talking about programming it and everything. And it was essentially that they programmed the game 
And then because they were on a really tight schedule, like they had to have this game out at a certain point, like they, they realized very close to the end of development that none of them had actually bothered, like gotten to the end of the game yet. (laughs) (laughs) I remember this. Yes. To test it out. And then they were like, Oh crap, this is like way too hard. So they tried, they tried to, they tried to make it easier, but then it was kind of one of those situations where it was like, they had to be done at a certain point and it was like, they made it as easy as they could, but some of the programming was still, was still off because they had stuff set so that like monsters should ideally like they monsters were programmed on like this math mathematical algorithm to kind of scale with where your character should be at the get in the game and so what they didn't like completely work out the kinks of is that that means like late in the game once you get through like the cave of, of rune or what is it? Renderak, I think is what it's called in like the newer versions. Yeah. Um, and so once you get through like all of that, you have these monsters who are hitting you, you know, like three or four times in a row and before you can even do anything. And so it's just like a ridiculous difficulty curve. And it's become, I feel like pretty notorious, like from in the Dragon Quest community, but also just for JRPGs in general, it's like Dragon Quest two, like the last part of Dragon Quest two is just like, very infamous for how hard it is yeah and i remember you were complaining about that too specifically whenever uh, you were going through it just the the very first time on uh iphone where uh, you were just like oh my god this is ridiculous where uh, you had already dealt with the ship stuff uh where you couldn't find the the whatever the item was and then after that you were just talking about how brutal that last bit of it was bad. Yeah, I just in case people haven't listened to our Dragon Quest 2 episode because we did an episode all on DQ2 back when it was I played it fairly new and it was like but that's like 3 years ago. And so yeah. anyway, just a quick TLDR here for people who maybe didn't listen to that episode and need a refresher. So I'd played it. We we're up in Tennessee. I'd beaten Dragon Quest 11 for the very first time. This is like end of 2018. Beat it for the very first time, like gotten the platinum trophy, loved it and I was like stuck up there and i was like oh i gotta get more dragon quest and so luckily there was a sale because it was around the holidays so there was like a holiday end of year sale whatever you want to call it for the ios versions and so i downloaded went ahead and bought up one two and three on my phone and started playing through and so played through all of one on mobile and i don't usually play mobile games but i thought the mobile ports of these games are actually very good for one two and three and yeah I I played all of one, loved it, started up two, really liked it from the get-go, but then there's a part with the ship that was really confusing for me and difficult because they like moved the location, <laughs> the animation was different, and trying to find guides on stuff was really difficult because like the names were different from what they were called on the NES when it was Dragon Warrior 2, and the names were different from when it was on a Game Boy Color, and so it was just like very hard to find this information at the time. And I almost quit then and then I was just like determined and I was like I just kept going back to the spot where people were like hey this is where it is I just kept going back and forth there like many many times and then finally it appeared I'm still convinced it was a bug in the game I think it was a bug because I did not like change anything there's an NPC you're supposed to talk to like I'd done all that I think like you did it dozens of times yeah like you went back and forth and like you were ready to give up because it was just not working I did, yeah. And then and then at the end, uh, I had a real hard time with Malroth, who is still probably, 
has become like the epitome of like video game final bosses to me. Like he's by far the most memorable and it's because of how tough he was and how much I died trying to beat him. And I realized, yes, he's easier on, on the mobile version. Switch version is is the same. Yes. He's easier. Now there's things that you can do like, you know, using like auto save and things like that on your phone. That means you don't have to worry about, you know, starting back from the last, the last, uh, or whatever. And so it is a lot easier in some respects. Cave. That cave to Renderac, though, is brutal without it. Like, it's, I've heard people just, like, I never got through it with without that. Like, it's... It's brutal. There's pitfalls. supposed to be brutal. There, there's, like, yeah. a never-ending oh, loop. <laughs> yeah. a, the never-ending loop is what got me, because the first or second time I was trying to go through there, I got lost. And I just, I kept going, and I was like, man, this is just, like, the same-looking areas over and over again. Like, this is ridiculous. And so I looked it up, and saw that people were like, yeah, there's this like endless loop. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what I, I've gotten stuck in this endless loop. <laughs> and so I had to go yeah. back and then like, you know, got through all of that. And then Malroth, it's like you, you do your fight with Hargon and then, you know, you start to leave and the ground shakes and all this stuff. And then Malroth pops up as like, not so fast, gotcha. Mm-hmm. And you have to fight him. And it was tough. So I know I've said this on the podcast and I'm pretty sure I put it in my book too when I was talking about Mount Roth. This dude beat me like 14 times, okay? And, gra- is, yep. and granted, some of those 14 times, at the time I had two newborn twins. And so some of this was like, I was trying to rock them in their like little cradle, travel cradle that we had with like one yeah. hand and fight Mount Roth with the other and just sitting there in the dark, you know? So I'm like distracted. I got other things going on. So part of it necessarily wasn't necessarily like just Malroth. It was like what was happening in my life, but still it was a tough boss. I still died a lot. And so much of it just comes down to like RNG. Like, okay, is he going to hit you with like his big fire attack that like hits everyone? Or is he just going to like swipe at somebody? And that's what ended up happening to you so much. And then I remember uh, whenever you finally did get through it, it was because you didn't get attacked immediately with the giant party wipe attacks. Yeah, it was. And it all came down to really just RNG and luck. And so that that's pretty tough. Um, The pandemonium section in FF2, I I haven't played Final Fantasy 2 as recently, but I remember them being very difficult. And based on Micah's too many behemoths note, I assume uh, it was a heck of a time in there. (laughs) Right. And, And I feel like pandemonium has kind of Almost like the the cave of Renderak or something. I feel like Pandemonium for Final Fantasy has kind of become like this kind of notorious thing as well. Like it gets repeated in some later games. I mean, Pandemonium is referenced in like FF9. It's even referenced in the new Endwalker stuff. Uh, Pandemonium is like the mm-hmm. new high end raid and everything. And so I feel like I feel like a lot of that probably stems from from Pandemonium because there really were like the behemoths or like king behemoths. I guess is what. There's too people. many of them. Like there's just like they're a. Bo- I mean, you fight a king behemoth like as a boss like early on yeah. in the game, and then all of a sudden you're in pandemonium, and these just like spawn. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that in Final Fantasy games in general, where you just log in, like log in, you just move into this area, and all of a sudden there are king behemoths or these things that you fought as bosses before, and they're not toned down. It's just the, that enemy from before. And yes, you're more powerful, but they're also very annoying. And yeah. they didn't get any kind of trash mob adjustment. Yeah. I also, I believe I mentioned this in the 
episode we did about all the Final Fantasies and Dragon Quest, but FF two as much as you as much as you hate it, um, and as much as I, it's not my favorite either. I I just I don't I don't necessarily want to say I dislike it because I haven't tried to play it recently, and so it may be a scenario like FF three where it's like if I ever go back and play it, I'll like it now, but. But just based on my memories of playing FF2, and the last time I probably played it was 15 years ago. So with my memories of FF2 right now, like it's not, they're not very fun. And so I don't think I really liked it too much. But, uh, you know, this is when Chocobos first appeared. Like, uh, Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, he, he invented Chocobos for this game. He was a game developer, designer for the first Final Fantasy. And then for this one, he... Uh, he created chocobos so glad they did not go with amanos chocobos which are like the have you seen those amanos i'm googling them right now i'm sure i have they're like pink and like featherless looking like monstrosities yeah did you ever oh my goodness i have seen those i forgot about that i know you've read them but i don't know if you've got had the ones with pictures but you know the uh the dark tower novels for the did you ever read the did you ever read the wasteland with the uh, with the illustrations in them, like the illustrated pages, every so often. I don't think I did. No, I don't think the one I had had illustrations. Okay, yeah. If you read the like revised editions that they came out with back before leading up to like the five, six, and seven books, uh, they okay. released like the revised editions for them, and I bought up all of those. And if it doesn't matter if it's hardcover, softcover, whatever, but if you buy those for sure, there's an illustration that's always stuck with me. That's later in that book whenever they're writing on blaine the mono and going through the actual like wasteland and everything uh where there's like these pink monstrosity bird featherless bird things that are like gnawing on each other and it's just like Mm -hmm. so it's so horrifying it looks like something robert blake would have like drawn and uh and anyway it just it looks really like terrifying and that's what amano's chocobo looks like to me (laughs) It, it it is a monstrosity um, I hope everyone who's listening, if you haven't seen this, goes and Googles it because there are like three different sketches that I can find of this. And they're progressively worse and scarier as you look at them. And the best part about it is that I Googled Amano Chocobo art, uh, Amano Chocobo art. And it had, you know, how Google on image searches, it has the uh, like refined keywords and you can click on them to have a different uh a different set of images based on that. And this one's got like Yoshitaka and then final fantasy Chocobo concept art. And then the next one square, it's almost like tabs. One of them is just nightmare fuel. Yeah. They're, like, like they're, that is one of the Google optioned of, of Chocobo art from Amano. It's officially the Google's recommendation as nightmare fuel. And, and like, thank goodness that they went with like Koichi Ishii's like art for the Chocobo the prettier happier yellow one also i want to mention that i was googling this while you were talking because i wanted to like see what all was showing up here and it makes me a little sad because you know how google shows you like things that people also ask Uh uh-huh uh the top one is is the chocobo a real bird (laughs) oh and if you've googled that i'm sorry but i'm sorry for making fun of you but i mean there are ostriches and emus I have to think that that's probably from like like kids who are playing Final Fantasy for the first time who are like wanting to know. I would love it if they were like like we joke about that and I'm like, but how cool would that be? Like if I they want, were I want bird horses. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be cool. I mean, they're basically like emus, right? Or like ostriches. Yeah, they're basically emus. Yeah, except yeah. they're prettier and friendlier. People don't make burgers out of them. I don't think they do. Is there I, a I, game I, that has a chocobo burger? I don't know, but <laughs> I hope there is. Like that would be real brutal in the Final Fantasy world for some reason. Like it, as nice as they're always like chocobo stables and and everything. If it's, there is, uh, it's probably fifteen because they have like all the cooking and stuff in it. So. So y'all listening, let us know if there are Chocobo burgers or anything like that in Final Fantasy that we've missed, because I really need to know that. And I don't want to Google it. I want you to tell me. I Googled it and it doesn't look Aww. like there. It doesn't look like there are. Why do you why do you destroy my dreams, Austin? Why do you destroy your Chocobo you, burger? You made my day bad now. I'm yeah, sorry. You destroyed my Chocobo burger, Austin. Too many behemoths. It did yeah. it made it made me giggle. There we go. And so I guess at the end of the day, kind of wrapping up here, it's like, yes, like these both Final Fantasy 2 and Dragon Quest 2 seem to kind of be like the black sheep of their franchises. Like I just and I mean, yeah. too, it, I mean, you know, I had like maybe 100, a little over 100 responses for the DQ one and maybe like 50, 60 for the Final Fantasy one. So, yeah, it's right. not like a massive poll or anything, but still it's just kind of like based on what, you know, I mean, we're like a part of these fandoms and based on what you see people saying all the time, as well as the answers I got here, it's like, I think it's pretty easy to, to, I think it'd be pretty easy to say like, yes, final fantasy two, dragon quest two are both kind of like the, the black sheep of these, of these families. Like they're the, they're not really the ones that they're the ones that people, you have people who it's their favorite games, but uh, for a lot of people, it's like their least favorite, you know? Yeah. It, it's actually forgotten by a lot of people like me. Like I had forgotten about the keyword stuff until you said that. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I hated that. Where it, it's just there. Like I said, it's too much work for Final Fantasy 2. As much as I complain about the art for uh, the hero in DQ, DQ2, there's a lot more memorable good things about it. Like the Prince of Kanak dying and him always just being a being a coffin being dragged around. Like you don't see fun things about final fantasy 2 like yeah, you see think, people forgot about it or that it's a thing that exists i guess kind of thing yeah uh i think i think dragon quest 2 probably holds up better um maybe i, I need to go boot up final fantasy 2 again and just see um like if my opinion of it has changed at all but just you know based on based on playing it way back when watching Micah play it all those times and just different things. I feel like dragon quest two holds up better. Like it's, it's the one that I want to play again. Yeah. I do think that's something that DQ has over final fantasy is that the original three are more replayable. And even though they're kind of grindy, the, the end of final fantasy, especially the end of, of DQ two, it just feels like final fantasy is even grindier. And I don't, I don't really know why other than just those systems like buying magic and and buying all of your spells and having to save up for those doing the keywords in two. And I don't even know the job system in three was just way too grindy for me. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. You sound like Ted and how I met your mother. (laughs) Where he's like, and that was the ducky tie. And then it freezes and he's like, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Oh, Bob Saget. I know that was really sad. Let's not end this on a bummer. Don't end this. Let's not do this. Too many behemoths. <laughs> yeah, that's that's better. Let's just let's just hide the pain. Um, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> 
to this week's episode here at Dragon Quest FM, where we hide the pain. Uh, <laughs> if you want to talk to us, uh, welcome to 2022. <laughs> if you want to talk to us on Twitter, you can find us at Dragon Quest FM. You can also find us on Patreon at patreoncom DragonQuestFM. Uh, if you want to help support this podcast, and if you want to talk to me individually, you can find me on Twitter at DragonQuaston. You can find me individually on Twitter as at Professor Beach. You can listen to my other podcast, the Geek to Geek podcast on Spotify or wherever else you listen. And you can buy our merch at dragonquest.fm slash merch. So wear our faces on your chest, guys. Whoa. <laughs> yep. yep, that's the end. That's the end. All right. We'll see y'all next week, baby. Bye. <laughs>